Hey guys, welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams Podcast. I am your co-host Ashton here with my awesome co-host Zach. Happy Victory Friday, Zach. How are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, we uh, basically had the same game twice, second week in a row, uh, but both ended in victories. How, how are you feeling? Oh man, I'm so pumped up. Uh, this adrenaline is still with me even through uh, through the night. And, you know, I got well rested. I, I I don't know. I just have so much energy. I'm so pumped. I'm so excited for this team. I feel like this is the team that we knew. I mean, we, we really, I felt like knew going into this season that this team was special. We knew that they were going to have the roller coaster moments. But I think in the last two weeks, this is the team that we knew they could be. Um, and... I'm just so excited for this potential of what these last two games mean and our potential to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think both me and you are kind of like on the same side of being like, we see the flashes, we see the potential, especially on offense. We're like, if they can just get the execution and some of the concentration issues, it kind of put together all that stuff we saw where they could be a top 10 offense we kept on saying that and we kept on seeing it uh, but they just couldn't put it together they were facing a lot of great teams a lot of challenges a lot of growth needed to happen and uh we're starting to see kind of in the last six seven games the fruition of that potential and uh they started believing in themselves more and even Stafford said it in kind of his victory speech we need to start putting teams away. We need to start slamming that door closed. Uh, in the last three or four games, we haven't been able to do that as much as we needed to. Uh, and we'll kind of go into the more negative parts of the game later on. But just it's a lot of fun watching this team, uh, the way they do offense, the way they game plan, the way they they are trying a lot of different stuff. And it is a roller coaster and not great. For I know uh, my heart, and definitely not great for everyone else's heart. Uh, but it's making the games interesting, and uh, hopefully they can make a postseason run because of it. Yeah, there's a couple of miscues on on why the the Rams didn't close out this game as fully, and we'll talk about that later. But like, there wasn't a whole lot of negatives to this game. There were some frustration points and things like that, but those were very far and few between compared to the. To the results that offense and that really that defense played for the first court, the first half, um, and even most of the second half. Um, but this, this Rams team was just it was so good. The offense played so well. Um, and we knew that the offense was going to carry this team. If this team was going to be a playoff team, the defense was young and you know it was going to be a struggle because all we really had was Ernest Jones and, and Aaron Donald. It was unproven talent that we had, um, you know. And the defense just every week since the beginning of the season has pretty much played really well, holding good teams um, to, you know, under 25 points with the exception of a couple. And those teams are also leading, you know, the NFC on those, ex those, uh, those exemptions. But um, I'm so proud of this team. I'm really glad there's, I got so much good things to say that I just, I don't want to let out all right this second. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm so happy. And I'm so glad we're going to get to break down this game. Yeah. Uh, let's kind of go over the news, uh, real quickly. So Sebastian Joseph day just got released, waived by the chargers. Uh, 
that's not, it's shocking they would do it now, but they have had a very disappointing season. That's a very loaded roster. They ended up firing Brandon Staley. Uh, just a lot of underwhelming achievement by them. Uh, Herbert getting hurt doesn't really help. Uh, so uh, they release Sebastian Joseph Day. Zach, do you think that is someone uh, in the waiver wire the Rams should target? They are 13th, I believe, before Thursday's game. And I think that's going to process after this next week. So we will probably be 18th, 19th depending on kind of what goes on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I think this definitely can help boost that uh, that offense or that defensive front that we have. Um, not saying it's bad, but it's still young and it's still fresh and new. Um, and so really we need somebody else to kind of help keep bringing the pressure. Aaron Donald cannot be the only person on that team who continues to be double and triple teamed, and then they still don't get anything mm-hmm. out of that. Um, and so having someone like Sebastian Joseph Day on the team could really help that, especially if the Rams are really wanting to, to do that playoff push. I mean, you mentioned in uh, Stafford's um, his his victory speech, you know, after after the the game, like this team, this this season is not done. This season has two games left. If they get to the playoffs, they're not content on one game. It doesn't sound like to me. It, it sounds like they they want to make a push with whatever they got, and um, they know it. They know that they have it in them. They know they have some stuff to clean up. And I think adding someone like Joseph you know, Sebastian Joseph day would be a boost. The question is, can the Rams afford it? You know, depending on how all that situation goes, um, we're, 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 we're at, at that point. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll kind of see how that, uh, works it way itself. Uh, so the playoff picture right now, the Rams have the six seed. This is of course we're filming before, Sunday, so we don't have the full picture of how everything goes. I do believe the Rams have a potential of clinching the playoff spot, but like every other team they need, or every other team in the picture has to lose, and uh, that's just not realistic. So I don't think the Rams can clinch a playoff spot realistically until next week. Uh, but there are some teams uh, in matchups that you can kind of root for, root against uh, going into this next weekend. Uh, Zach, uh, right now we're playing the lines at, you know, at their place, how are you feeling about that potential matchup? And uh, do you want yeah. that one? Do Would you prefer uh, playing either the Cowboys or the Eagles in the two seed? All good points. Uh, so as far as the, the playoff picture, I don't think that we can actually, I think we will still be fine and we will still have a playoff spot currently, even if all the teams that are in the hunt win the game. We If Seattle wins, we have the tiebreaker for that. Um, the Saints obviously lost, so they're down a notch. Even if the Falcons and the Packers all win their game, we still are one game ahead of them. So realistically, we are safe. The Rams still control their own future as far as um, getting into the playoffs. They have to beat the Giants. And then we'll see how the 49ers game shakes out, if that's a must win or not. Um, but as far as as far as the playoff potential, who, who, who would I want the Rams to play? I think we talked about this a little bit on the last pod, but... Um, you know, it's good between the Lions and and probably the Eagles. The Eagles haven't looked the greatest um, over the last couple weeks. But again, when you're thinking about playing at home, uh, at playing at somebody else's home, um, 
you're, you want to take that into consideration too. Um, the Cowboys seem like they're actually a good team. Now they tend to choke in the playoffs, so we'll see how that goes. Um, but I think the Lions probably would be the the best option for the Rams. Um, I think that gives them um, a different advantage. I do think it's going to be loud. I think it's going to be filled with uh, Detroit fans. I mean, this would be their first playoff home game in 30 years. Um, so it's it's something that means a lot to them. Um but it also means a lot to Stafford going back to home. It's the cool narrative that everyone seems to like. There's going to be a lot to ride on this uh, if that's if that's the case. So I think I'd probably pick the Lions, um, but it's also going to be kind of heart clenching at the same time. I mean, I'm a Jared Goff fan. I you know the the I do like the Lions um, as far as their team, the character they have behind it, their coaching staff, things like that. They have a good they have a good solid crew. Um, and it would just be disappointing that both of my NFC favorite, probably my top two NFC teams, obviously Rams being number one, um, would face off in the first round of the playoffs would, would be kind of heartbreaking a little bit. Yeah. Especially if the Rams won that game that, that it would be heartbreaking. Cause I like Detroit fans. Uh, I thought for the most part, Detroit fans did a fantastic job of rooting for Stafford not being bitter about that decision. Uh, showing him a lot of respect, a lot of love. Him coming in town and knocking them out of the playoffs first round in the last 30 years they've hosted a playoff game, that would be a bitter pill to swallow. Uh, it, it would be a great game, and uh, just looking forward to win or lose. I, I think this team uh, has definitely looked like they're earning their their way and they've performed and overshot expectations overshot my expectations uh they're probably on the trajectory around what you thought they would be uh so you know uh hopefully they can surprise us more in the playoffs and uh surprise someone at home and uh we'll, we'll kind of see where it goes from there uh you want to break down this game Let's go ahead. I'm I'm so excited. I'm ready to just like start bouncing, jumping up and down. Like uh, this game was fun. It was fun to watch. Got a little sketchy there at like two points of the game, but for the most part, this was a fun game to watch. So let's break it down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, first off, uh, the Rams defer, give the ball, uh, give the ball away. Uh, they end up going three and out. Uh, I believe they're in now. They might have got one first down. Can't remember that first drive much. Uh, but then the Rams get the ball and kind of move all the way down to the red zone. And they, actually Zach, had, they actually had eight plays. They actually moved it down to the red zone. And they, uh, got they sacked, stopped. Right. Um, yeah, so they went with they went for it on fourth and on 13. Fourth. Okay. They, yeah. I'm sorry, it's hard to keep track of all the fourth downs they went for it on because uh, they did it a lot. Uh, oh yeah, so they, they yeah, so they punted it away in the red zone. Apparently, they also don't have a good kicker, so they weren't comfortable with the about 50 yard um, kick. So yeah, they moved the ball down and they, you know, the Rams held them. Uh, yeah, uh, joined the club, uh, New Orleans uh, of. Kicker struggle. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later because some that happened this game too. Uh, so the Rams end up their first drive going all the way down the field. They ran it on the first drive in the red zone. Uh, congrats, McVay. Thank you for doing that. It 
it didn't really work as well as people wanted it to, at least that drive. But he still did it. Uh, and they end up getting stopped in the red zone, Zach. Uh, uh, issue this game. A lot of stops in the red zone by a, a good Saints defense, an underrated Saints defense, let's just say that. Uh, but the execution there isn't really uh, doing a lot on the offensive side. And they had to go forward on fourth. Uh, I, I'm kind of interested, Zach, to see what you think about uh, the Rams going forward on fourth and throwing a TD to Puka. No, I, I you know, I fourth and two in the red zone, you know, obviously uh, well, they were on what the, the two yard line. That's mm-hmm. a, that's a bold move. I mean, obviously it's a chip shot for, I mean, really it's a chip shot for Haversick, whether you like him or not. He's been fine at the short range ones. We'll talk about him more here in just a bit. But, um, you know, I really thought that they should have probably gone for it. Um, I'm surprised they threw it. I, I, you know, again, not using the run game so close to the end zone. Um, it just seems just seems crazy. But um, I'm glad they, they went got for stopped, it. What, two runs before that? I, I think they ran on first down. They ran on second down. And then uh, I believe tried to throw it on third down. Yeah, so it was first and goal at the five. They got two yards. They ran it again on the on second down. They got a yard. So they got three yards out of their two. And then they decided to throw. And that was the incomplete pass to to Cup. Uh, I believe right at the goal line. Oh, he, um, he dropped a TD. So let's be fair to the play calling there. It, Cup catches that TD historically nine times out of ten. Yeah, I, I mean think all they the said catches that on the broadcast. All that, the that catches he throw. did in the end, yeah. All the catches he did in the in the end zone that he missed, those are all cup catches. Normally, he had an off game yeah. tonight. It showed in everything that happened. He was clutch in some spots that we needed him to be, um, and he's still a tough player. But yeah, those drops in the end zone, and kind of like you mentioned, they kind of struggled in that red zone area most of the uh, most of the day. Um, yeah. They just could not could not seem to get anything really going. Um, there was that pass interference play too that also allowed them to continue that drive in the in the red zone, um, but but yeah, I mean I'm fine with Sean McVay going for the fourth and two. It's two yards. Um, kind of weird that they went for a a, throw, a pass play, but that's fine. Um, it's the other times where they decided to it was fourth and two and they decided to try for a field goal or things like that. That's or they punted it away. Like that's where I was frustrated. Um, that they didn't try to go for it. It, All of those times, the defense was playing really well. They weren't allowing the drive, the ball down the field. And even if they were, they were still keeping it, you know, not in the, in the, in the end zone. So for them not to go for fourth and two on all those other ones, I'm more shocked at that than I was with this one. I'm guessing something had to be coming off from the tape about how the saints play when they're down versus when they're up or tied. Uh, Cause the Rams themselves sometimes have issues of rushing stuff along whenever they are down. So like it was probably a priority to score a TD on that first drive to kind of put them in different situations. Uh, for the most part, I, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was kind of weird. They went for it uh, personally, uh, but I'm happy they did it. They had a good play call. Uh, yeah, just struggling when we should have been up 27 to 7 
at half. We should have been blowing out the Saints. Uh, their defense is good. They made some good quality plays, but their offense was not in the game, especially for the first three quarters outside of one broken play, which um, I don't know, guys. I've been saying there's been an issue with the safeties. I've been saying that for weeks, uh, issues with them rotating and stuff, and people just wanted to blame DK, and now almost every other cornerback had a TD caught on them. Okay, game. so so – I do. It's funny you brought up DK because he did not play other than 10 snaps. Uh, so they yep. clearly saw that he was a problem and they, they, they did counteract that and they decided to, they bench him and Kobe Durant actually had a great game. He was the one who took over that spot. Um, but they did pick on Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon did, you know, he was, he was picked on four targets, four receptions, um, 85 yards in the touchdown. Now, as you mentioned in that touchdown, that, uh, that, that long touchdown, that was on Witherspoon. Yes, it yeah. was Fuller who did decide to stay close to Alave a, a instead of going back and, and help support that. So there was that kind of misplay and that kind of dinked Witherspoon a little bit more. Um, we don't know the zones on that play, to be fair. like you, So it's hard to tell where Fuller is supposed to go and where I believe Fuller was supposed to drop back, but we don't know that for sure. Sure, but he... Given given the circumstances and, and and everything, he was probably the player, like you said, who was supposed to go back. But again, we don't know that for sure. But, um, you know, they, they did have some plays there. But again, the Rams played well. Their, their backs played well. Their safeties played decent as well. Um, I don't know. It's they did get the big those two big plays, but I don't want to fault that all on them. Witherspoon was the target. He He had the worst game, I think um this season for himself and maybe that was because dk wasn't on the field and so they couldn't pit they couldn't pick on him um but it is what it is i mean i thought durant was getting like olave was tearing durant up he like especially on short medium routes like he had a good third quarter but the rest of the game i thought uh when Carr would target olave uh, I thought Durant was just not able to like completely be there. He made the tackle after the catch, which uh, he's really good at, but he struggled in coverage. And um, I won't blame him for the TD he gave up in the fourth quarter because that was offensive pass interference, that third TD. Like that, yeah. that was very clearly – that should have been flagged. Um, so – I mean, it, it is what it is. Uh, a, a coverage bust by the safety, uh, OPI that should have been called. It's like the second TD was good. So, yeah, but let, let's talk about some of the positives. I mean, the Rams' offense um, of this, you know, of the last, they've won the last five of the last six games. Since they've been back from the bye, they are now five and one. This team is just bringing out all the stops, especially on the offensive side. The defensive side, they've let a, let a couple things slip up more towards the end of the game, which is a problem, and they need to clean it up. Um, but realistically, they, they played really well. But I want to go on the the kind of talking about some of the, the, the big positives. Puka freaking Nakua. Um, if this – you know, I get the, the talks about – CJ Stroud and like he's going to be the offensive player of the year right now he hasn't he didn't play last game and it's not looking like he might play this game or this upcoming game 
Puka Nakua has played every game. He has gone out. We thought he was done for the season at one point. Comes back in in the second half of the game. Plays lights out. Plays like he's a he's a as 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 a blocker, just like he would if he wasn't somewhat injured. Um, last night he had a hundred and sixty four yards. That man, every game he has a catch that's unbelievable. It 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 surpasses the week prior's unbelievable catch. This man deserves offensive rookie of the year award no doubt going into last game he was supposed to have he needed 311 yards to to beat the the yard, rookie yard record all right that means a 300 and about 304 yards per game over the next three games that's a lot to put on any receiver he got 164 last night now it drops him down to only needing about 74 the next two games it's just unbelievable player that he is. Plus, he had the touchdown. Don't want to take away that touchdown from him either. Um, and obviously, as you can see, fully supporting the Nakua. Um, again, as a as a fifth rounder playing this well, if that's being a fifth rounder and competing for most yards as a receiver and most as a rookie receiver and most receptions as a rookie receiver doesn't get you into you know, really being that number one of an offensive player of the year. CJ Stroud is a number one pick. He should be playing well. This is a fifth round pick playing historical levels. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he's kind of making a case for why he should be considered offensive player of the year, just in general. Um, I think it's going to be hard to beat CMC just because it, they'll probably end up giving, uh, if I'm guessing, they'll probably give Purdy MVP, CMC Offensive Player in the Year, and just settle for giving Puka Offensive Rookie. Uh, and probably only because C.J. Stroud got hurt. Um, let's be honest. Uh, but he's only, I think, 145 or something around that area, uh, beating the rookie receiving record. Uh, and he could do that in one game. So we'll see. Uh, Giants aren't really known for uh, top quality defense this year. So uh, it's so impressive what he's been doing, uh, how he route runs, how physical he is. Just everything about him is just kind of like pinch yourself. It's historically great. Uh, and it's exactly what the doctor ordered for this Rams offense where we were kind of worried about the wide receiving core going into this year. We wanted them. I wanted them draft high uh, in the wide, wide receivers uh, last year. They didn't need to, they, they got around one wide receiver in the fifth round. So uh, good on less need uh, in and out of the park and just Puka's amazing. And, Let's just also kind of pivot to the fact that, Zach, the way this offense is using motion, especially with tight ends, it is just, it's poetry. It just looks so nice. And you kind of watch this Saints static offense, this old-fashioned, just struggling to move the ball down the field against, uh, let's say, an average defense like the Rams. Uh, man, you got to be appreciative of McVeigh and the way he is handled this year and this personnel. It's not easy. Yeah, it's it's different. I mean, this the Saints offense is also different just because of how they they play their offense. Obviously, they bring Hill in as kind of this receiver 
passer kind of threat doesn't didn't really work for uh the saints last night um lots of things but like you said the, the motions that they're doing the offensive line is playing lights out um they're they're doing really well they're keeping stafford clean um yeah, you know they're, they're keeping the pressure they're they're pushing the ball they're pushing the defenders forward so that they so that Kyron can find the holes um and be as explosive as he is so let's talk about Kyron Williams I mean between him and Puka and then Stafford really those three are playing the best games that they've played in the last several weeks and um you know we finally got a running back who has rushed over a thousand yards since 2018 Todd Gurley um and you know, yes, last week he had two fumbles. He admits it. It's the two fumbles he's had in his career so far as a Ram. And he knew what he had to do, but his team had his back. He came out here, played lights out, 22 carries for 104 yards, got that touchdown, which he was so op- – he broke through so many holes that he rushed that not just into the end zone, but all the way to his mom. So um, – that's just that's that's the kind of guy he is. He's he's fun to watch. You got to see him a little. He, he was a little dancing out there when they got the uh, uh, when they got the holding call or the um, neutral infraction called at the end of the game, which kind of yeah, sealed Cam the deal um, for for the Saints. Um, so it it was uh, it, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to watch Kyron. It's beautiful to watch his oh, spirit yeah. and the way that he's able just to. Even though, yeah, he had those two fumbles last week, he can bounce back from those things. And I think that was the difference than what we've had previously, is that when someone may, when you make a mistake, you need to own it and you need to fix it. And that's what Kyron Williams can do. And I don't think that – I think that was the problem that Sean McVay had with Cam Akers, was that he had potential, but it just seemed like he couldn't get past the mistakes. Um, and Kyron Williams is able to, to be that guy. Yeah, uh, Kyron's definitely put in a lot of work, uh, especially uh, being a receiver and being a blocker, which I think kind of uh, helps elevate his game in McVay's eyes. And then what he can do in the open field, it, it's just fantastic. I was wrong about him. I'm like, um, I think we like to pride ourselves on like self-scouting being like uh, realizing when uh, we have bad takes or like, uh, stuff isn't the way we think it will go. Uh, that was one thing I was definitely wrong about. Uh, Kyron has proved me wrong. He has been a fantastic player. I still think we need depth behind them. Uh, Freeman isn't bad, but I feel like if Kyron goes down, this offense drops so low uh gives you appreciation for 2021 sure the way they ran that offense without a top level running back uh but i don't know if that that can be replicated and i feel like kyron is the secret sauce that makes this whole engine go and uh when he's on the field man everyone else around him is just a lot better and the offense is fluid yeah, I mean, honestly, if if he didn't miss those those four weeks, I mean, he could potentially be in that CMC kind of talk um, as far as the production that he's given this week. Obviously, we had some issues again, like against the Bengals and things like that, where it felt like 
either he had an off night or the Rams just their coaching was off as far as calling those run plays. Um, but other than, you know, one or two games early in the season, I mean, he's been playing lights out each and every week. Um, but then he had his injury and that kind of pushed him back. And as, as, as far as, you know, the stats go for running backs, um, as kind of, as you mentioned, yeah, without him, it, it was kind of lackluster, but let's also remember that he also lost his kind of co-part um, at the, the exact same time, which is Ronnie Rivers, which he came back last night and it played well. I mean, obviously this was the, this was the Kyan Williams show and that's what they were going to do. Uh, but Ronnie Rivers came and he had a um, Admiral time six. I mean, he had six carries, 20 yards, 3.3, but really he was used to kind of give Kyan Williams a break um, and kind of play in that pass protection kind of thing. And, you know, there were a couple times where Ronnie Rivers had, he may not have stopped the defender completely, but he gave Stafford enough time to get that ball out and made some beautiful plays. I mean, I remember, I don't know which defender it was on the Saints team, but just, it was, I think one of their linebackers just drilled right up down the middle of the off, like through the offensive line, no one touched him. And Ronnie Rivers just literally just like bucked him to give Stafford enough time to throw the ball to make the to make the catch. Um, he still got to Stafford, but he gave them that that enough time he needed to make the throw and to get that to continue to play. Uh yeah. Uh Stafford this game. Uh let's talk about him a little bit. Yes. I mean you still got it, Zach. He's old. He's an old man moving back in like he's not. Oh, this guy's back. elite. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's top notch. The this little sidearm straight. Oh my gosh, I believe that was the Marcus uh, Robinson. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Just, oh. I mean, this guy he he when he extends plays, he extends plays. I mean, this guy's a threat. The longer you give him time to throw the ball, the better he's going to be. Um, I mean. Sorry he just puts it in the the right spots. I mean, there's again, he, he just does these plays where you think it's, he's just throwing it away because there's no one around, but he knows his receiver is going to get there and catch the ball. I mean, that happened multiple times this game. Um, beautiful. Stafford yeah. is beautiful. So Stafford in reality, he only had two TDs on the stat sheet, but he threw five TDs that game. Five. A uh, cup dropped two of them, and then, or well, sorry, he threw four, and he missed Puka, which it kills me. He made all these hard throws to Cup, and like perfect placement, every like where you could really want it as a wide receiver. And then uh, Puka's wide open, and I think pressure probably influenced the throw a little bit, and he just missed Puka wide open. Yeah, I can't remember. I really wanted to go back and I wanted to go back and look at that play because I almost wanted to think that there was maybe a holding call against on, you know, on Puka. Like he he got held back a little bit. I would have to go back and double check. Uh, Well, they talked about how he pushed off on top of the route. So in theory, some more ticky tack refs would have called a fat penalty on Puka for Uh, uh, pushing off. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was after that, like when they were down the field and he was breaking off, he, he, he got pulled back a little bit, but, um, but anyways, it it uh, wasn't, it it was kind of like a, like slight, it wasn't exactly like the TD that the saints got where like he literally pushed the defender into the ground. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, like you said, Matthew Stafford playing lights out, you know, I mean, 24 for 34, 328 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, this guy over the over 
since week 11, really, I mean, this guy's thrown for 1500 plus yards, 15 touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, this is what you want as your quarterback, um, you know, especially when it matters most. And this is when it matters most. And let's remember, like before that, that's really when he was having his thumb injury. And, you know, when you are not at your best, you cannot make your best throws. And, you know, I think he only really had that one kind of slip up where he they were in the red zone um, and they had to settle for the field goal because he kind of he wanted to th- not throw the ball, but it slipped out of his hands and he went and it went forward. Um, could have been a so lot worse. It could have been a lot worse. I, he, yeah, he he didn't want to throw it. He clearly knew that it was going to either be intercepted or blocked, and that wasn't the right throw to do. But when he tried to, you know, he couldn't pull it back. He, he went for, and I, we were just glad that it was a forward throw, and there was someone in the area that they could point that towards. I mean, let's be honest. He's right now the best looking QB in the NFC. People like, will argue with you. People will argue with you because Purdy is actually looking fine. Like he's looking well. He like has people... a top five defense. I I do not like comparing Purdy and Stafford when he has a top five defense and he's playing with the lead the entire game. Sure, but uh, you got to give him credit. Against... I mean, this guy. I'm I'm giving. I don't like the 49ers. I'm against them. But like Purdy, his he is doing what he needs to do. And whether you want to call him a game manager or what, that's whatever. He makes the the wide open throws. So I'll give him credit. That's better than 95% of people on earth can do, right? Like better than most QBs, even in in like national football league. But uh, let's be honest. He's constantly playing with the lead. He has a top five O-line. He has a top five running back. He has a, top five paid tight end like he has so many things where if you stick Stafford on that team I guarantee you they're scoring more points that's just my personal opinion people may disagree with that I I just think Purdy is uh he has a lot of benefits and he's playing good with them don't get me wrong a lot of (laughs) Jimmy he's playing better than Jimmy G was I'll give him that credit but let's see when they start facing a better competition. And yep. they played the Eagles, uh, let's say, after they started their downward trajectory. I'll give them credit for being the Cowboys when the Cowboys were hot. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. Like, I I don't like the people just, like, blindly praising Purdy when he has. Yeah, but I mean, I think you have to, you have to, you have to give him credit. I mean, you have to give him the credit that it's due. I mean, he may, he, he's going to be a top five quarterback right now in this league. And that's yes, it can be because of its defense, but that could be anybody's team. I mean, I mean, look out. I mean, Stafford, he's been elite pretty much his, his whole career, but he hasn't been on a good team. Um, So I don't, I don't know. I, I'm giving him credit. And he never got, he never got MVP talk. I'm not saying that, that Brock Purdy is better than Stafford. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying that we can't knock Purdy for for being for playing really really well football. Yeah. Um. So yeah, my point is just Stafford is the best at playing the best ball right now in the NFC, QB wise. Yeah, I would not disagree with you. Um. But Stafford, he only threw the four receivers last night. I think that might be the first time this season that that's happened. Higby, Puka. Um, Higby, Puka, Robinson, and yep. Higby. Um, 300 yards on a defense that hasn't done that, I think, in 40 games. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, he, 
I don't know. I mean, obviously Robinson is now, and I'm gonna we're gonna go now right into Robinson. Robinson yeah. has has secured that wide receiver three spot. I mean, I love Tutu Atwell. He had some really great flashes in the first, you know, quarter of the season. Um, but Robinson is since Tutu went out for that concussion, really he he is securing that spot and he's not giving it up without a fight. I mean, he has been, I mean, he was second in the receiving yards. He had 84 himself. Like he's been able, he, he caught that touchdown, which was well defended um, against and still able to bring it in. He's able to get football in. And so like he's playing lights out and I'm so excited. He, I, I'm just so excited for this team. This offense is playing at the level that I thought they should have been playing all season long. Mm-hmm. And now we just need to make sure that we continue to close these games out. Yeah, I think he's playing himself out of the Rams. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. I feel he doesn't like... want to. He doesn't want to lose his record of being in every playoff, being in the playoffs every year he's been on a team. Well, I mean, like next year, because I believe he only signed for a year. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't imagine that. Like, he's gonna get offers of like eight to 10 mil the way he's playing. Like he's playing like a really good wide receiver number two and some teams could use that right now. Uh, so like uh, Zach, do you think he is someone the Rams should kind of prioritize free agent wise? I, you know, I would say probably not. Um, I think obviously our biggest thing is Kevin Dotson. He's the number one probably player that we need to focus on going into this off season. Um, when you have someone still like Puka Nakua and you still have Cooper cup, um, who can only get healthier. I think, I think you still have, um, a dynamite duo. And when you go to a wide receiver three, you, you know, you could still look at Tutu. You could still look at other players across the league and bring it as a free agent. But, um, even though I love D Rob and, you know, he's the Robinson we needed last year. Uh, who, you know, we didn't have, um, you know, I kind of made that funny joke. Like we had a Rob before and now we have D Rob, but he's more playing like a Robinson than a D, you know, if you grade them a and D things like that. Um, so I would give our D Robinson this year in a, and I would give our last year, a Robinson, a D um, is, is how I would go with that. That's a hot take, hot take that. I mean, uh, the results speak for themselves. Uh, but so, like, the Marcus, we'll see how the team kind of looks at it. Uh, but I feel like they definitely value wide receiver depth, especially what happened last year with the wide receiver injuries. So, uh, if they want to resign him, I'm, I'm up and I'm game for it. Him and Akilo, and uh, yeah. Just uh, good stuff by them. Uh, let's talk about defense. Uh, man, Kobe Turner, great game, fantastic game. Uh, you could tell they focused on limiting Kamara, and they did that. Kamara, I have him in fantasy. He uh, was kind of a dud, so uh, I'm I'm happy about that. Like he's one of the most dynamic players the Saints have, and he was very silent the entire night. Yeah, I think everyone was super afraid of this 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 Saints team that this could be a, a Rams, you know, kind of defeater. But I mean, if you look at the last two games they placed, they placed Carolina and the Giants. And not to, you know, kind of poo-poo on those teams, but they're not the most they're dynamic. Bad. They're not the best teams in the league right now. We have to face the Giants next week. So I'm not gonna say too many bad things about the Giants because uh, I don't want karma. But um yeah, I just 
the the that team did not play like they were a seven and seven. Maybe they did play like they were in seven seventeen, but um, not someone who needs to get into the playoffs. And the the and honestly, the Saints still have a playoff shot. I mean, not maybe through the wild card slot, but um, still trying to win out their division. I mean, right now they're they're with the Tampa Bay and uh, the Falcons yeah, are right behind division. them. I mean, it is. I mean, it is. I mean, you we may not see a winning. Uh, they may not have a winning record getting to the uh, playoffs. Good luck to be... uh, whoever wins that division and has to face the Cowboys or Eagles. Good luck. Yeah, it would be uh, it'd be <laughs> almost like having smoked. a first round bye. Um, yeah. So the defense played, like I said, the defense played well. Obviously, Aaron Donald made his mark because he's he's constantly getting double double teamed. Um, Jordan Fuller, even though we kind of kind of we probably dissed him maybe a little bit early on with that, that kind of maybe potential blown coverage, not a hundred percent sure by that. Um, but he was able to get that interception, which was basically at that point should have sealed the deal. And we'll talk about special teams here in just a second, but um, that'll be the last thing we discussed. But um, outside of that, I think the Rams played pretty well. Like you said, they stopped the run um, really in the second half. They kept a lave to pretty much nothing. Um, and, Sure, Juan Johnson started to pop off a little, but you know. It is, but I, again, I, the defense got put into a bad spot because really of the special teams. And so let's jump into special teams real quick, unless you want to add anything to the defense. You, oh, I no. Do, do do we have to talk about special teams? We're going to. We're gonna do, do we? a two, we're gonna do a two minute recap. Um, basically, Haverson, oh, don't give him anything above forty yards. Um, it just seems like that's not gonna happen. Uh, he missed a forty seven when it was fourth and two, and that's one of the instances where I wouldn't have like I didn't even think that they were gonna bring him out. Why not? Your defense has been playing so well right now. Why even do that to yourselves? But they did miss the forty seven. You're gonna have to Tom show in- confidence in your kicker. That's why. Like, if you don't kick there, like, you're telling him, like, we have no confidence in you. And so why do you even have him on the roster? Well, you have him for the roster for anything under 40. Um, And that I think moving forward, we know now, we know now, it it doesn't seem like this. Now, let's go. So real quick, Sean McVay is not changing their kicker. He said that today. Today is Friday. They said it this morning. They are not changing their kicker. He blames it more on the snap and the snap holder uh because oh we do have because we do have a new we do have a snap holder um and so uh and yeah so that's, I'm sure that's, that's why what, he was shaking in uh warm-ups potential yeah um so but he is now two for six from the range of 40 to 49 but like i said sean mcveigh has no plans on changing the the kicker situation right now. I think it's probably too late in the year to really do anything. Be interested to know why they didn't keep Crosby on. Uh, maybe it was the cost. Maybe, you know, maybe he wasn't performing well. We, I mean, we didn't, no one got he to see. lost the battle to Haversick, which to be fair in the, uh, against the Ravens, like he played good and he did play good, but that's one game out of his four or five in and the it's rest crazy and, when you no. watch this when you watch this game like i i watched every one of his kicks his extra points were right down the money anything under 40 they were right square in it i just don't know what the extra 10 yards is doing to throw him off um and you know could it be a snapping problem it could be could it be the way that it's being held maybe but 
they got to clean it up. They got to fix something if they want to be a playoff team, because they had points off the table because of this. And, you know, when you, when you have that momentum of not kicking the field goal in that gives that, that gives the other team a momentum. And that's when they really started to kind of bring the heat is, is after that uh, missed field goal. Um, Did you have faith in him to hit that, uh, that field goal for, take us from 27 30 because i didn't think he was going to make that no i did i again i was under that uh, 40 I, I mean i do wish they would have gone for it because i believe i'm going to look it up real quick but i thought that was another sh- like fourth and short uh situation short. again um and uh yeah yes fourth but, and, is another fourth and two how many fourth and twos did we have a lot um and yeah fourth and two at the 19 at the 13 so um, uh also, like, quick thing about defense, good work on all the fourth downs. I know we touched on the fourth downs a little bit, uh, but fantastic work in those stops. Uh, do you want to talk about the block punt? Uh, yes, let's talk about the blocked punt. Uh, so, yeah, so when you we get to that, that's really where things went sideways uh, for the Rams is really that block punt um, because I believe the ga- the score was 14-14 or 14-30 at that we point. We were up 14. Yeah, we were up uh, um, And so we the block punt happens, and the Rams basically now, the defense has to battle on short terms. I mean, they they get this thing all the way down. They take six minutes off the clock. They did score a touchdown, but they did get six minutes uh, off the clock. Um, Rams get We're the ball up. back. They can't they can't do anything, and so they they punt the ball away. It gets blocked, and now they have to. The defense has to get back on the field, and at the forty yard at our forty yard line, they only have forty yards to go, and got the touchdown, two point conversion, and then had to. Uh, had to go there. So, um, yeah, very, and then it made it an I, eight point game that then they had to do another, you know, onside I, pick. And luckily Puka caught that one. I guess Blackburn hates my doctor. You know, he, he just hates my doctor. Wants my doctor to do with my blood pressure. <laughs> and Ethan Evans, is, I mean, Ethan Evans is a, is a good punter. It's just, they, yes. And, and it was, and obviously it was um, Davis, the tight end, who was kind of covering that side where they kind of blown through and, you know, was Well, they fault. overloaded They overloaded that side, and that should have been on the special teams coordinator. I, I think Luke we does, need to change yeah. at special teams coordinator. It, it is one of the worst units in the league at special teams. And for a team that literally drafts some of its players for being special team aces – our special teams functionality and performance is atrocious. It, yeah. You, especially given the fact that we focus on uh, drafting people just to play special teams. That is yeah, just I think outside of, I mean, Ethan, uh, you know, our punter, Ethan Evans, I think he's, he's, he's a good punter. Um, and I think that Tr- Trammell has been good as a, as a, um, as a punt returner. We're going to take out the, I'm going to take out the Meh. team time. He's fine. It's better than having Cooper Cup play that position every time. So I'm, I'm, I'm fine complaining. with that. Um, the only time he dropped the ball, it was during that rainy Ravens game. 
I'm not even gonna, I'm going to bypass that. Uh, obviously, you have Ben Skoranek, who most who pretty much only plays special teams, and so I, he's he's fine. But other than that, like we got to get our kicking game situated. We we got to figure that stuff out, and that needs to be that needs to be fixed. Um, but yeah, I mean that gave me big 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 heartburn at the end of the game because again, this should have been a this should have been really a fourteen to thirty game. Ended up way being way closer at the end. Um, not just because of the defense, obviously the defense had its mistakes, uh, but really it was that special teams block um, that really put them into a bad spot. Did he have two missed kicks or one? Haversick, he only had one. Yeah, one, one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He had two. I mean, he had two good ones in the in the second quarter. Again, if we one if we had that extra field goal, like we're not sweating. At the end, but you know, either way, uh, it is what it is. Uh, we'll kind of see where they go uh, on special. Teams. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited where this team's going. I think they're playing in the, the the football that we need them to play, and it's exciting. It's exciting to see them play well on primetime football, so that all the eyes can see how good Puka Nakua is and and uh, Kyron Williams is, how elite Matthew Stafford is, um, how not to take our defense for granted. Uh, this this team is a scary team, and as we said in the last podcast, no no team should feel like should feel great facing them if they do end up playing um, in the playoffs. Uh, so super excited, super excited that we get to take the weekend kind of off, um, enjoy the holidays as as we we both celebrate Christmas. So um, yeah, I'm I'm just super excited. Yeah, uh, Christmas came a little bit early for us. We got nicely wrapped. Dub, oh, beautiful um, present, beautiful yes, present, beautiful. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, it, it'll be kind of interesting to see, like, if we go to playoffs and we lose because of special teams, especially after 2017. I feel like McVeigh is gonna pay a returner and a kicker like 20 mil, and he's like, I'm tired of losing playoff games because yeah. of special teams. I definitely uh, think that they'll probably take a kicker in the first round or not the first round. They'll take a punter. They'll take, <laughs> oh sorry, not a hot take. Take you that just hot take gave out. a bunch of people a hard attack. Sorry. They are going to take a punter in the draft, the best punt or the best kicker <laughs> in the draft. Um, if, if, oh, uh, if they lose because of special teams, but I think we're going to wrap this episode of the East coast Rams podcast up. We could keep going forever and forever and ever. Um, Ashton, anything else you want to say before we close this thing out? We almost made our time. Uh, we try, guys. We try. We just love doing this so, so much, much. There's so much fun stuff to talk about. We love yeah. talking about it. We could talk about it all day. Uh, but we do need to wrap this up. So we're going to wrap up this episode of the East Coast Rams podcast. Thank you for everyone who um, listens to the podcast each and every week. Uh, our, the community just keeps on growing. Um, I think we hit one of the highest videos last week. I mean, this, this team is scary. Um, and we're just so happy that we get to kind of discuss this with everybody uh so feel free to like and subscribe to this video like and subscribe to uh whichever podcast application you like spotify apple we're on them all um go to youtube.com slash east coast rams make sure you hit the subscribe button smash that notification bell um and leave us a comment what were your thoughts about the saints uh rams game in thursday night football what do you think the next um game against the giants will be uh we'll be back next week uh to talk about the giants uh, give you kind of that preview episode there um, as they face the Giants on New Year's Eve. Um, yep. Spoiler alert, they're bad. Not going to be a trap game at all. Um, 
But Ashton, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, enjoy some time off. All of our uh, fellow Rams fans who listen to the content, please enjoy time with your family. Uh, even if you don't celebrate Christmas, make sure that you have a good, just a good break and just a good warm Sunday feeling like the Rams are still in the playoffs. I'm pretty sure nothing can happen this weekend that would push us out for at least until another week. Um, so just keep a hold of that playoff hopes alive. Um, and we will see you guys next week. And with as always, whose house? Rams house. Rams house.